Claus is 13-3 and three here with top shelf guest, Philadelphia Flyer legend, St. Paul, Minnesota native, Harding Knight, Golden Gopher, Philadelphia Flyer, Minnesota North Star, longtime Flyers team executive, and U.S. Hockey Hall of Famer, Paul Holmgren. This episode is sponsored by Riverside Bike and Skate, Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, Hertel Law, Kelly Heating and Electric, Computer Recovery Associates, and Eau Claire Ford. Mogi. Hey, we got to give a thank you to our buddy Steve Coates, who uh, got Paul Holmgren with us to uh, have a little interview. We're here at the Wells Fargo Center prior to the Flyer Wild game, so we can't thank you enough, Paul, for taking the time to sit down and talk with us. Thank you. My, my pleasure. And just a little bit about Coates. He's one of, one of my um, early left wingers in pro hockey. We played together for the Richmond Robins. Uh, after I first signed with the Flyers, uh, um, he he uh, he stuck up for me and got in a fight with a guy who was small, a lot smaller than me, actually smaller than Coatsy. And Coatsy ended up breaking his thumb on the guy's head, <laughs> so so he missed like the next twenty games or something with a broken thumb. But just a little tidbit Sticking about Coatsy. Yeah, there he you was. Go. Yeah. All right, good man. Well, we gave him a couple jabs earlier uh, yeah. during a broadcast or interview with uh, Keith Jones too. So okay. it's nice to hear something good. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that was nice of him to stick up for me, but uh, to, to miss him for the next little little bit, the hurt. Obviously, he was a good player back then. Yeah. Well, we yeah. appreciate that insight yeah. on him. Yeah. St. Paul, East Sider. Tell us about growing up in St. Paul, Minnesota. What? T- how old were you when you strapped on the skates, and what was the neighborhood like? Yeah, well, I don't, I don't uh, remember how. I, I have pictures of I was two years old skating. So my, I lived on Beach Street, which is on the east side, right, right, right around the corner from Harding High School. Um, you know, probably lower middle class neighborhood, right? All hardworking people. My dad worked for the postal service for forty years, thirty five, forty years. Uh, I was the youngest of four kids. In the wintertime, the garden we had in the summertime was a was a skating rink. So I have pictures of skating on that rink as a, as a young kid. I don't recall that. And then Eastview Playground was the, the playground that I grew up on, uh, learning to play baseball and football and hockey and, uh, you know, all around the shenanigans that we did during the summertime or whatever. Uh, so I went, went that route there and just uh, put my, I was a, I had an older brother, Mark, who was – 15 months older than me that I idolized and followed him all around. He was a good athlete. Uh, you know, the quarterback on the football team, catcher on the baseball team was a good hockey player as well. And uh, we, we ended up probably we were competitive with each other, uh, but he was my hero. Were there a few uh, little inner brother uh, fights or yeah, yeah, stuff yeah. Uh, growing up? If he, if he saw me getting beat up, he would stop and help the guys beat me up. Oh! <laughs> so, Thanks, Mark. Yeah. So it was. It was that kind of a relationship. That's Wonderful. Awesome. Did yeah. he feel threatened by you? I mean, you turned. Uh, you know, I, I remember. You know, I just came back from my fiftieth reunion okay. um, a couple of weeks ago in uh, St. Paul at Harding High School, and uh, I, I was in the. We had a tour of the school, which I hadn't seen in fifty years. So sure. yeah. I'm in there with our goalie and, and our catcher Gary Flash, who I played with for a couple of years. Um, in the locker room, and I said, this is where I, I, I finally said to my brother, that's enough. He was picking on a buddy of mine, Tom Redmond, and I went up to him, and I pointed him in his chest, and I said, that's enough. And he went, okay, and he walked away. <laughs> and he walked away. <laughs> so from that point on, we were probably um, – but he, he, used, I, he, he had it over me, I guess. But sure. I, I yeah. think I grew bigger than him, and he maybe just didn't want to – 
do it anymore. I don't know. But we, you know, probably made our relationship better. So tell me if this is true or not, but I, I, I'm also a Harding grad, 78, right? Oh, okay. And the rumor had it is that at one point after a practice, I don't know if it was football, baseball, or hockey, you guys took some cafeteria tables and blocked off the exit to the shower and filled the showers up and were swimming around in there. We did do that. You did yeah, do that. Yeah, All right, there that. you go, folks. It's yeah. true. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> Created our own indoor pool. Yeah. That is genius. Yeah, yeah. I'd like to I'd like to claim that that was my idea, but I can't. I don't recall whose idea it was, but yeah. I don't. Th- I don't even think we got in a lot of trouble for doing that. It was kind of like only water. Yeah, yeah, only lucky. Water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you were lucky enough to play in arguably the best high school hockey tournament, uh, state hockey tournament in the nation in Minnesota. What was that like going to the state high school hockey tournament, playing in the old Met Center? Yeah, actually, I was fortunate enough to play in it twice. Um, yeah, my junior year we we got beat both games. My senior year we we actually won our first game and then lost uh, the next two games, but. You know, the you, you, growing up, you know, you get to see it on TV, you hear about it. It's uh, kind of a, this far-off goal. And so to achieve it and actually get there is, is incredible. You know, I, I still remember the scores. I still remember who we played. Uh, it's, a, it's a memory that I hope doesn't ever go away. Uh, so it was incredible to be there. I wish we would have done better as a team. I think we had a good team both years we were there, but we just – you know, you're playing the best of the best from each of the regions. And but it, it was uh, as cool as you think it is. It's even cooler to play in it and, and, and be a part of it. That's that's yeah. great. So after high school, you ended up playing with the Vulcans, St. Paul Vulcans uh, Junior A team for a year before you went to the U of M. So what what caused you to go to the play with the Vulcans for a year? You know what? I I'd actually signed a, a letter of intent to go to Ohio State and oh, play. play. Okay. They're they were kind of a burgeoning hockey program. Uh, Harry Neal and Glenn Sommer, who were with the Fighting Saints at that time, and both had ties to Ohio State, uh, kind of got me on that path. I went there, and for, I, 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 to this day, I don't know why I didn't go. I do remember that my dad didn't talk to me for about four months <laughs> because I passed on a, you know, basically what in his mind a free education. So now, not, now I'm gonna, what am I gonna do? He wanted me to go to college. Uh, so anyway, Doug Woog was the coach of the Vulcans at the time, and he convinced me and a number of other guys that I knew. Uh, and the Vulcans were a good program. It was a good league. Um, so I went there, and you know, I got an opportunity to play. Instead of playing 20 games like you play in high school, we played like 60 or 70 games. Sure. So you're playing all the time. You know, the the, the thing, they're, they're going to pay us like $50 a week or something to to play i think we got paid once but but you know what i got to play on a u.s team that went to russia that year um my dad started talking to me after that and then i all of a sudden all of a sudden the doors opened uh where i had other like division one schools kind of knocking on my door to go and and including the gophers which um which i i obviously i went with the gophers because of they they'd won the championship the year before uh, Herbie, Herbie was an East Sider. Um, we kind of spoke the same language, Johnson, I guess. Though, uh, he's, a, he's a rival. Yeah. Well, Johnson I know, <laughs> but, but East Siders are East Siders. <laughs> yeah, was, right. um, so it kind of just went from there. But the playing for the Vulcans was great for me because I was a bigger guy. I was kind of clumsy. I, I, I kind of, I, I think I kind of gathered myself as a player playing there. I got to play on one of the top lines with some good scoring players like Mike Hadrick was my. From Monroe was my left wing. Mark Lambert was my center. We had a we had a really good line. Uh, 
Really good line. You must have developed some great skills because obviously then you move on to D1 hockey. Obviously, you got size. What talents was the university looking at that, that they wanted in you when you came? Um, you know, I don't know. Like Herbie used to bug me all the time. He said, your senior year in the St. Paul City Conference, he scored nine goals, which is not a lot, right? I mean, but I, but I did have, a, I think I did have other qualities. I could skate pretty good and I, I love to hit, hit guys. Like, uh, you know, you could, in, in high school, when I played high school, you could only hit in the defensive zone. Oh. So in college, they kind of opened it up a little bit where you can forecheck and actually hit, hit players. And I think that was one of my unique gifts as a player that I had. I had a good, good ability to hit, uh, finish my body checks and, and, and make good contact and kind of create havoc. Um, but again, I, I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to be on a good line. Tom Younghands, who was uh, had transferred from like St. Mary's, Saint Mary's to go, yeah. so he couldn't play till January. So I kind of had a spot with uh, Pat Fippen and Tommy Vanelli on a line, which was a good like. How would you like to play with those guys? They're yeah. both great players, right? Yes. And, and Tommy was good with the puck and gritty and hard nose. And Pat was you know a good good scorer. I got to play with those guys until January. And then they, they, they moved me down again with Mark Lambert and Robbie Harris. So I got to play with those, those two guys as well uh, when Young Hands played. But I, I was, I was kind of mad at Herbie that he dropped me down that line. Wow. I wanted to stay on that one line. And so I used to run at Young Hands all the time in practice okay. and, and, try to get, and try to get him. And Herbie called me over one day. He said, just relax. Just relax. Stop that. So – you know, I, I kind of, I guess I kind of took it easy after that. So but. we interviewed Tom Younghands this summer, and he told that exact story from really? his perspective. Really? <laughs> and he also told us that he was petrified of you <laughs> because he, he took. I got spot. him when he played for the North Stars one game, real good. <laughs> there you go. Like I, I saw him in front of the net, and the puck was in his feet, and I didn't, I didn't even look at the puck. So you're I, still I, holding I, it against him yeah, all those years later. Apparently. <laughs> Oh, I hope he listens to I this. hope he does, too. We'll have to let him know. <laughs> oh, that's, that's a great story. All right. So the university, oh. you play one year there. Obviously, you did well. When when did uh, the scouts for the pros start looking at you? What age were well, you at Well, I, I think I was drafted. Uh, I don't I don't know that. I mean, I was drafted by the w, in the WHA the year before, and then that after my un- – my year at the university, the NHL draft, but I didn't know I got drafted by the Flyers. The Fighting Saints that offered me a contract. I didn't know what to do. I went to see Herb, and he, ba- well, his words were, don't let the door hit in the ass on the way out, but not in a negative way. No. Okay. It was like, you know, there, I don't know, it was $20,000 to sign, which was a lot of money in oh. 1975 or whatever year that was. My dad said, holy shit, like, <laughs> Can I swear on this? I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, you on. already did. You uh, uh, can't. You got you to take that. So yeah. So I left. And uh, with Herb's blessing, it um, just kind of went from there. So I don't know. The Flyers had drafted me. I think I got a call two weeks after I'd signed. Somebody from the Flyers called me and said, yeah, we drafted you in like the sixth round. But I had no knowledge at the time. Wow. And I, it didn't matter anyway because I'd already signed with the rival league. So, sure, yeah. Um, yeah, that's so, yeah. what it is at that point. Yeah. So the Gophers win it in 74. And in 76. And they win it in 76. Yeah. Bad timing for Bad you. Bad timing. <laughs> we lost in the championship game <laughs> right. to Michigan Tech. Um, 
you know, but it was, uh, that was, again, a, a wonderful experience. I got to play with a lot of really good players. Uh, play for Herb was great. I, you know, some of his practices are legendary. I'm sure you've heard about him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot of, uh, how hard they were. And, a lot of city guys yeah. on those teams, yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You didn't yeah. cross paths with Coachy when he was playing for Tech, did you? He's a little bit ahead of me. Okay, all right. So I don't, no, I don't think – I played against Michigan Tech while well, we lost in the championship game to Tech. Um, we played them four times that year. I think we, I think we, I'm pretty sure we beat them three out of four and then lose in the championship game. So we played Harvard in the first game and they were ahead of us late. And then we had, we had a kind of mounted to come back and beat them like six, four, and then played Michigan tech in the final and, and, and got beat. I think it was like six, one. Oh, that one hurt. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, gosh. Right. okay. You did a stop. We got to ask you this. You did a stop with the Johnstown Jets, you know the 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 storybook of uh, the yeah. Charlestown Chiefs. Yeah, was it as chaotic as the movie portrays? Pretty close. <laughs> okay, pretty close. Yeah, <laughs> a lot of those guys that were in that movie, you know, like I roomed with Dave Hanson was my roommate, Bruce Boudreau was my roommate. Obviously, Dave was a big star in the movie. Bruce was, you know, went on to great coaching career and a little yeah. bit of a playing good good minor league career some dabbled a little bit in the nhl i still talk to dave once in a while well we were living in the same house in johnstown the three of us um i, I think i played i want to say i played six games so i i got sent down early from the fighting saints okay that was their minor league team or one of them uh so i went to the training camp and and um it was in uh Niagara Falls, Ontario. <laughs> so that was like seven or eight days there. And then we drove from there to Johnstown. And I think I'm pretty sure I played six games there. And I was, I was only 19. I, they played me at center. So my left wing was 34 years old. His name was John Gofton. <laughs> and my right wing was Galen Head. He was 28 years old. Holy shit. So they looked, you know, they looked after the young guy and uh, I ended up, Having a good, like, six games. I think I had, like, 15 points or something in six games. Oh, you lit it up. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And then uh, I remember I was messing around on the ice. I was doing this drill with pucks that uh, Herb taught me about handling the puck and stick handling through traffic and just kind of trying to work on parts of my game. And, and I see the, the guy, John Mitchell, who is uh, the owner of the team, walking down the steps, and I'm saying to myself, please come and tell me I'm getting called up. And that's what he did. Oh. He called me over to the boards. He said, son, I don't agree with this, but they're calling you up. He didn't I, agree with it. Yeah, well, he says, I think, you, I think you'd benefit by staying here longer, which, oh. you know, at that time I was 19. and Sure. 15 you know, points in six games. Play, and play, but I got a chance to play a lot too, right? So, True, yeah. You know, it, yeah. it's the same thing. Everybody deals with that. You got a young guy, what's best? Is he, is he going to better for his development to play 10 minutes in the NHL or, you know, 20 minutes in the AHL? It's, a, yeah. it's the same old uh, – uh, thing you juggle, all teams juggle with it. We just sent the young defenseman down today, I think, who's playing 12 minutes, so he's going to go down to the Phantoms and probably play 25 minutes, I would think. I mean, sure. he's a good player, and that's just part of the development and part of sure. the process. So sure. so I went went up to the Fighting Saints and uh, stayed there for the rest of the year, well, until the team folded that year, but yeah. Um, yeah. Did you guys have to pay for, or play for no pay at one we, point? We, we took a vote um, 
and again, this uh, I, I had turned 20 by this time, but I'm like I didn't know what to do. We're we're, we're having a vote, closed door meeting, players only, and we're voting to to play for pay without pay for one month. Oh, to give the owner a chance to get him get organize his finance. I don't know, <laughs> whatever you want to say, and. So Davey Keon voted yes. Oh. Uh, Teddy Hampson voted yes. Johnny, like big name guys. Yeah. Uh, great players. Johnny McKenzie, Teddy Hampson, Rick Smith, uh, you know, even the, even the, the younger guys, Patty Westrom, Billy Butters, uh, Jack Carlson voted yes. Like everybody's voting yes. So what is I going to do? I, but when the, if the team folded, I had no idea what I was going to do. I, I thought I'd go back to the university and play baseball. And I couldn't play hockey anymore, but I'd go back and play baseball or something. And I had no clue what my future held. And, um, you know, we ended up, I, I think the, the team folded a month later. And uh, I, I became a free agent in the WHA uh, because it was written into my contract like that. Um, and the Flyers had my rights. So a guy by the name of George Lyon, who I met at the university, he was like a, an alumni booster kind of guy, good guy financial guy um, he said you know what you just you, one of the teams in this league just folded the Flyers just won two Stanley Cups in a row yes. maybe you should and they were trying they were trying to sign me then too so <clears throat> so that's what we did we flew to Philadelphia and I met with the GM and we signed a contract and he said we'll see you next year at training camp and I said isn't there a place I can go play it was like March oh like sure. early March he said, well, yeah, we could send you to Richmond, our farm team. So that's how, that's how I met Coatsy okay. the first time. Okay. And, and a lot of guys, um, they had a good team too. And I played like eight or nine games down there. And then I got called up to the Flyers for a game. And I had an eye injury. And that messed up the rest of my year. But that's how that whole year went. So that, that one year, my first year in pro was Johnstown, Fighting Saints, Richmond, Flyers. That must have been a busy year for you. It was a busy year. I was yeah. in a lot of places. but. Young guy. Young guy. I got to meet got a got to meet a lot of good people. Play with a lot of great players. As a rookie, it was pretty cool. Was it fun pretty. for you playing for your hometown Saints <laughs> down at the Civic Center? Um, you know what? I don't. You know, they, I, I mean, I, I lived at home. For, like how, <laughs> I think uh, this one of those things. A couple you'd miles probably, from downtown. Probably yeah. do it over, but yeah. I think I paid uh, rent to my mom and dad probably for the first time, and I bought them like a new dining room table and sent them to Hawaii and did some things for them. Um, but you know, I, I didn't I didn't get in, get to enjoy it. And then when I got after the, after I got traded from the Flyers back to the North Stars, I was pretty beat up. I didn't really get a chance to really enjoy much of that either. So yeah. you know, I have mixed emotions about playing. I don't, I don't think I I don't think I got my you know, I, I, I wish it could have worked out differently, especially for the North Stars. Like, I was just a young pup for the Fighting Saints, yep. and that, that team, that league, obviously wasn't going to last much longer. Yeah. Okay. All right, we're going to give a quick shout-out to a few of our sponsors. <laughs> Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine has been committed to the health care needs of patients in western Wisconsin since 1954. The orthopedic surgeons and athletic trainers serve many area schools in Riverside Bike and Skate, Eau Claire's Hockey Headquarters, which is the oldest hockey store in the state of Wisconsin. 
Buy hockey gear from the people that play and know the game. And don't forget about their bicycle sales and service, as well as your paddle sports center for kayaks and canoes. And Hertel Law, the law firm you want on your side, focusing on criminal defense, personal injury. Harry Hertel has been obtaining results for clients in the Chippewa Valley since 1981. Mogi. So, Paul, you became a full-time NHL player with the Flyers in 1976 and played with them for eight years. So what was it like playing for the Broad Street Bullies? Well, you know, I mentioned earlier they had won two, two Stanley Cups in a row there, and then the, the year I got called up, I, uh, they, they lost in the finals to Montreal that year. So um, I couldn't have played in the playoffs because of the eye injury I had, but if I was, if I was healthy, I would have played because they were pretty beat up. I mean, they lost... Bernie didn't play in the in the playoffs because he hurt his neck. Ricky McLeish missed a lot of the playoffs. He tore up his knee. Bob Kelly was hurt. Dornhofer was hurt. A lot of guys were hurt. So wow. I would have been able to play in that. <clears throat> they lost every game in the finals to Montreal by one goal. Oh. So with a banged up team and and not their best goalie. So, um, but the you know to come in at that time and then the next year at training camp I made the team. Um, so, you know, I got to play with a lot of those, like Reggie. Uh, Reggie was there then, uh, Clarky, obviously, Billy Barber, uh, Moose DuPont, uh, Gary Dornhofer. I played with him for two years. Got to play with Bernie for a little bit. He, he came back and played after his neck surgery. Um, the Watsons. So a lot of great, uh, it was good timing for me just to get, get on a team that was good and knew how to win and had won. Yeah, I learned a lot about you know work, how to how to work and how to practice hard and like I learned it in col in college I think with Herbie because if you didn't practice hard there you get the shit skinny out of you. Oh, um, I bet. <laughs> but I but I learned it at a pro level too and and uh, with with those guys that I broke in with it was it was it was awesome. Nice. Well, you played 609 NHL games counting the playoffs, 374 points. And you also served 1,879 penalty minutes. Kind of fit right into the Broad Street Bully theme, and you were known for, for your finesse and, and your chuckles. Or chuckles, your knuckles, I should say. <laughs> wow, your knuckles. You know, as you look back, I mean, were there, i got to ask, was there anybody you hated facing at that time? Well, you know, I... I, I, I... You know, I can't even remember the. I think the first time I ever got in a fight. Well, I, played, I had a couple of fights playing for the Vulcans, but when I was in Johnstown, I had to get in a couple of fights uh, just because of the league and the way that team was set up. But I, like, no, I don't think any. I, I've, I've come to know a couple guys that like fighting, but even Dave Schultz, like, yeah, if you ask him, like, he he didn't like it. Like, I didn't, I didn't like that part of the game. I like, I like a phys, I like to play a physical game. I like to hit guys. Um, so I basically had to learn how to stand up for myself, uh, stand up for my teammates. You know, I, I can't say I like doing it. I get a headache thinking about it, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, part of the game, and I, I know, you know, it was part of my, I guess, what, what, what got me here and probably what kept me here. Well, I, I mean, I was, I, I, was, I was willing to do it. I mean, it was... Playing the National Hockey League is one of the greatest honors uh, of my life, and and I was going to do everything I could to stay there for as, for as long as I could. So, <laughs> so knowing that you had that role of uh, kind of a tough guy on the team, do you think there's still a place for fighting in the NHL today? 
Uh, I do. I do. I, I, I think the league is, you know, not, not just the league. I think the league over time has tried to uh, lessen it. I, I don't know that they've tried to eliminate it. I can't say that. But obviously, you know, you look at some junior leagues now, they're taking it, getting out of the yeah, game. right. Um, you know, college, there's really no fighting in college. So, And they, they're fairly successful. Well, eventually, that's what it's going to be. Mogi, yeah. I think, where there's no fights. But I still think there's a place in in, in, the, in the game. I, I really do. I think if you know if two people are willing to do that to change the momentum of a game, I mean, you know your team struggle a little bit. And I'm I'm gonna try to I'm gonna try to ignite our team. I, there's still players that can do that. There's there's in my opinion there's still a place for it. I, I don't know for how much longer, but today there still is. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, we've talked about your grit and your stamina, your size, but you also had skill. You uh, scored a hat trick in Game 2 of the 1980 Stanley Cup Finals, the first ever U.S.-born player to attain such a feat. As you look back, how, how, what was that like? What was that feeling? I mean, you're on the ice. You scored your hat trick. Did, it, did you even know at that time you were the first no. to do that? No. I, th- I, can't, I, I think somebody said that after the... I mean, I, I have mixed emotions about that. I mean, that was awesome to, to, to score a hat trick in the, in the playoffs, particularly in the Stanley Cup Finals. But, you know, we, that was game two. We lost game one. And that's, how, that's why, we, in my opinion, that's why we lost the series. We were at home in the spectrum. The Islanders beat us in overtime on yeah. a power play goal, and we, we never re- really recovered. We won the second game, went to the island and lost games three and four. We won game five and then lost in overtime in game six. And the Islanders started. The Islanders were kind of an up-and-coming team <clears throat> at that time. I think we were, we, were, we 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 won first overall in the league that year in 1980. But they were kind of creeping up as a team, and they had all those good young players that were kind of, you know, peaking at the right time. Trotche and Bossy and Gillies and Nystrom and Dennis Potvin, Billy Smith, and that. And you know, maybe the Flyers' older core guys were, you know, Clarkie maybe kind of not at the not on the downward, but not rising up anymore. And I'm not. The Islanders were became a machine. They won four straight Stanley yeah. Cups, yeah. three after that. And I, I think we, if we win the first game in that series, uh, maybe it's a different story. I, you know, I don't know. Well, not many players get to say they even played in the Stanley Cup yeah. final. Well, so you know, despite the loss, you know, yeah. congratulations to you and your team for making it that far. That's Thanks. for sure. Thanks. So, Paul, after your playing career. You were an assistant coach for the Flyers for three years under Mike Keenan. So Mike Keenan, quite a fiery individual as a coach. Do you have any good Mike Keenan stories you can share with us today? Um, well, my, you know what, Mike, um, he, uh, he's sort of a lightning rod kind of guy, but he, man, he brought the best out of players. I mean, some, some, some guys couldn't handle it and probably – uh, they were weeded out along the way. Let's just put it that way. But some guys I know, like Brad. I'll give. I'll make a couple examples. Brad McCrimmon. I played with Brad. He was. He didn't look at. He didn't uh, train hard. He didn't practice hard. Um, consequently, he what didn't didn't play to his potential. Mike Keenan takes over the Flyers, and, and Brad passed away a few years ago. I don't know if you know this. Playing, he was coaching a team in Russia. Oh, in the plane uh, crash. Yeah. <laughs> tragic plane crash. Yeah. But um, but he became a great player under Mike. All of a sudden, he, fitness was uh, a big thing. He could run forever. He trained. He took care of himself. 
you know, it, it, I think he was plus 80 one year, him oh and Mark Howe. And it was just unbelievable how, how Mike Keenan, the Mike Keenan effect on Brad. And then there were some guys that couldn't handle him. But, I, I, you know, Mike, uh, like I got to work with him closely. I would have liked playing for him. I can say that honestly. Um, I saw the, the human side of him that maybe some of the players um, that played for him didn't see, which is unfortunate. Uh, but he, he, was, he was a tremendous coach, and uh, I got nothing but positive good things to say. Wow, that'll wake us up. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm a big Mike Keenan uh, booster, and I think, I think the majority of the players that played for him would say the same thing. Nice, <clears throat> nice. There's an old story uh, about you were on the bench coaching, and some play resulted in a goal against your team. And you're just chewing a player's ass. And you look down, and that player is on the bench rather than having been on the ice. Is there any truth to that? Yeah, that is true. <laughs> that is it was, true. It was Dan, uh, Dan, Danny Quinn. Yeah. Okay. It was, I, I, I didn't know. I mean, he was, he was in front of me at the time, and they, they had just scored. So it was after there was a line change. So I'm right behind him, and I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, I was chewing him out. He, and finally, he looked back and said, yeah, coach, I, I wasn't even on the ice. Said, well, get going then. <laughs> so, so, you know, it's sometimes being, uh, you know, like it, obviously it was not very good on my part to not have that, the awareness that he wasn't out there, but sometimes behind the bench is not a great seat. There's a you, lot you, going you, on. A lot going on, yeah. and you don't see uh, things like, uh, you know, more often than not, I would have to watch the tape of the game after – after the game, just to kind of get, yeah. like you kind of have a feel for what's going on, but you don't. There's a lot of things you don't see, yeah. And I guess that's why we everybody uses video so much. <laughs> Did you see coaching in your future as your career was winding down? Uh, when my, you know what? Like in the middle of my career, when Pat Quinn came to the Flyers as a head coach, and there was something about Pat and the way, like he was a big man with a huge presence when he walked in the room. And I really like Pat. I would do anything for Pat as a player and. And you know my my some of my better years in the league were with with Pat. Like he, I don't know if he liked me or wanted to play play me more, but he put put me with a couple of good players and and let me go. And uh, he put me on the All Star team which one year, uh, which was kind of cool. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Um, so you know I, I think that started me thinking about getting into coaching. I remember taking a coaching class at Widener University, which is a small school not far from Philly here. Uh, I got to meet some coaches in the area, some local uh, Speedy Morris, who's a very famous local basketball coach here, I, both high school and and college. Uh, got to got to do some stuff with him and became good friends with him. Um, so, it, like Pat, Pat kind of pushed me towards wanting to get into coaching. I, you know, the fact that Clarky was a GM here probably helped <clears throat> me get 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 my foot in the door with Mike. He got me an interview with Mike. Uh, and it kind of went from there. Uh. Okay. Hey, we're going to give a shout-out to some sponsors. Computer Recovery Associates specializes in removing, monetizing, and recycling computer hardware from large data centers. Whether you're looking to relocate, repurpose, sell, or recycle, Computer Recovery Associates can help. Check them out at computerrecoveryassociates.com. And dedicated to serving their customers' heating and electrical needs efficiently, 
Kelly Heating and Electric, they've been named one of Bryant's Medal of Excellence winners. They provide expert advice from a friendly staff that can provide you with the knowledge you need to make the best decisions on your next electrical, heating, or air conditioning project. And Eau Claire, Ford Lincoln Quick Lane, with a large selection of new and used vehicles available. They buy nice used vehicles any day of the week except Sundays. Eau Claire Ford is here for all your parts and service needs for your vehicle. Ask us about our pickup and delivery options as well as Saturday service appointments. Visit us today in-store or online at www.eauclairford.com. Eau Claire Ford Lincoln Quick Lane, proud sponsor of the Breakout Sessions podcast. Let's look back at your uh, playing career real quick. You're on a line, and you can pick any two teammates on that line with you. Who would you want on that line? Well, I, I actually got to play with them from time to time. Uh, uh, Clarky and uh, Billy Barber. I mean, Clarky was a great. Obviously, you know his competitive spirit is what what made him the player he was. But he he could hold on to the puck and make plays from anywhere. He was, um, and, and such a wonderful, great leader. And, and then Billy Barber, just you know, if you got him the puck, like you know, you knew where he was going to be all the time. He was going to be in the slot and. He could shoot and like a like a hard, heavy shot, and always, you know, in the corners, like he, like a goal scorer. So those those two guys, and I did get to play with them. Like a lot of times, uh, my first year, I like when we were on the road, Freddie Shero would start me playing with those guys. I don't, I don't, I guess as protection or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> it worked. I, 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 I used to think, what the hell is he putting me with these guys for? But, uh, this guy, Keep going out there I as long as your number gets coach. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, I got another quick question for you then. You're on the ice. Who was your toughest competitor that you faced one-on-one? Now, I'm not talking like the, the knuckle battles. I'm talking like yeah. the fiercest competitor in the corner or the guy that was just a grinder. Um. Well, there's a lot. There's a lot of guys. I mean, you know, like I, I had, I had, I did a lot of, quite a few battles with Terry O'Reilly. Like he was a hard nosed, you know, up and down player, great player, great Bruin. Um, had to fight him a few times. Uh, very competitive. And then you know you go to the uh, another guy that was very competitive and hard to play against for different reasons. Larry Robinson. Oh, sure. Like he was 6'5". He had a stick that was not like nine. It seemed like it was nine feet long. <laughs> he had these long, like you couldn't get around them. So there's, you know, there's different ways of, of playing in the NHL and competing. And this, those are a couple examples of guys that, didn't, I don't want to say gave me fits, but I enjoyed competing against them and playing against them, uh, trying to try and outdo them. Or, you know, O'Reilly, you try to outdo them. You win the puck in the corner from them. Same thing with Robinson. I never, I never fought Larry. He wasn't a, much of a fighter. I, I remember one time uh, <clears throat> something happened, and he, Ben Wilson's trying to get at him, and he's going like this, like he's trying to get back at Ben. And I said, Larry, I don't think you want to do that. He said, Why do you think I'm standing here? <laughs> so like no ben, ben Wilson was pretty tough, and he, the word got out pretty fast. So he, he said, I thought that was funny. I started laughing. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, So, Paul, in 2014, you became the president of the Flyers, and you also received the prestigious Lester Patrick Award, which is awarded to uh, the person who has significantly contributed to hockey in the U.S. 
So what did winning that award mean to you? Well, you know, it really threw Like Gary Bettman actually told me about that at a me- like a league meeting in the summer, and uh, I-, I was I was I didn't, well I didn't know what to say. I was shocked. I was uh, you know humbled, and I- and I still am thinking about it. Like I'm I'm very humbled by that. I think that's a very prestigious award. I look at the list of people that have won it, and and I'm on that list. And that's that's pretty cool. That is cool, and yeah. and, and very humbling. I, I I you know I I'm an American. I was I was an early American in this league. I took some abuse. I, you know, playing. I was happy when the Europeans started to make a way over. They they got off that. They got, they got away from that chicken shit American. <laughs> <laughs> got, all of a sudden, get the Swedes involved. <laughs> you know, I, we never think of that. You know, when, when I'm watching the games back in the 70s and 80s, I'm not thinking about U.S. born or Canadian born, yeah. but obviously there was still a little uh, bit of big, live big rivalry. Time, big time rivalry. And there's still some Canadian guys, like when I came in, like Americans, you know, like look down on you a little bit. And that, like a lot of guys look down on the European players, but. It is what it is now. I mean, there's good hockey players coming oh. from everywhere, right? Yep. Like everywhere. All Literally. around the world. Yep. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I, I, I have, uh, you were talking about the Lester Patrick Award. I I had the opportunity to play for a U.S. team early in my, when I was like 17, when I played for the Vulcans, I was on a team. And then I, I never got to play for the, a world championship team. I, I, I missed an opportunity in like 2000. No, sorry. Uh, I want to say 81. I we, we got beat in the playoffs <laughs> in the second round, and I had a bad knee, so I didn't go. Uh, and I, re- I regret that I wasn't able to go play and represent the, the U.S. And, but I've had opportunities as a coach and as a manager to be part of things, and um, I, I, I love... I, I, I love my time with USA Hockey. Anything anything to do for them is great. What's your role with the Flyers now? Well, they gave me this uh, thing. I'm like a senior advisor. So, uh, you know, I, I'm, uh, I don't know. I, somebody invented that role, and, and uh, I do get called in once in a while to talk about certain things. Uh, but for me, it, what it is, it's like the golden ticket. Like if I want to go watch a practice, I do. If I want to come to a game like tonight, I wanted to come to the game, not just to see you two guys, but to, to watch. The, to watch <laughs> well, it wasn't the, just to no, see us. No, huh? I want to watch the game too. But um, so it's it's nice. I got some grandkids in the area, and I sometimes I bring my grandsons over to watch practice, and they get to hang out with. So some of the little perks that I can kind of take advantage of. So it's kind of cool that way, and. You know, I'm 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 happy with the changes that were made this summer. Keith Jones, I think, is there's there's not anybody in this area that can say a bad thing about Keith Jones. And and you know what you hear about him and see on TV, that's how he is in real life. He's tremendous. He's going to be a tremendous. um, uh, I don't want to say role model for the Flyers, but a, a the front the front the face of the Flyers is Keith Jones now, and it. He's going to be great, and I'm a big fan of Danny Briere as a GM. I, I I signed Danny as a free agent back in 2007, and he's been nothing but great for the for the team and the organization uh, since he's been here. 
excited said, about it. I'm excited about the future. Oh, it's uh, it's up up and coming future. You got yeah. a lot of young guys. Yeah. You got John Tortorella as Big the coach, and he's, as well, yeah. he's working with those guys and yeah. bringing them along, giving them an opportunity to play. And yeah, yeah we we think it's going to be a great thing for the Flyers here. So I just have one more question for sure. you, and I got to tell you, I'm so happy to t- uh, to ask this question. You get inducted to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame in 2021. Did you see that coming ever? <laughs> Not a chance. I'm still, it's another thing, like even, like, you know, you talk about the lesser, this is even to the nth degree, right? Like, I, I, I was blown away by that call. I started crying when, uh, when I got the call from, uh, oh, man. All right, I get that sometimes too. CRS well, you, can't who's remember the president shit. of USA Hockey right now? You guys know. Oh. I can't think of his name off no. the top. <laughs> you got us too. You got me stumped well, on I that. I hope this. You can maybe edit this out. I, okay. Because it looks bad, <laughs> but I don't remember his name. No, but. don't worry. It looks bad for us too. Okay. Because we should. Know but anyway, it. he called me. I was in my daughter's driveway in Cottage Grove, Minnesota. Uh, my with uh, was with my wife. We were there to, for a family reunion. And uh, Pat, his name's Pat. You know the name, Pat, last name, Pat? Uh, as soon as we're done with this, we're all going to remember okay, this. whatever. I started crying in the driveway, so I had to gather myself and go in and just, like I told my wife, I think, later on that trip, but I, I, was, I was supposed to keep it under my hat and not tell anyone. And, and uh, you know, obviously I was proud and... Thankfully, I got to tell my wife, but it, it was, uh, and then to go there for the event, and Peter, you know, Peter McNabb, who was, yeah. it was right before he passed. Yeah. He was, yeah. In fact, he couldn't even be at the event. Uh, Stan Fischler, like some of the guys that went in with me, so it was, uh, yeah, it was. Uh, well, Stan Fischler's an icon in yeah, himself, too, yeah. sports was, writer. It was a wonderful wonderful thing well congratulations yeah, well you. deserved yep. thank you yeah well i gotta tell you as a, as a hockey fan i am a completely um ecstatic that you got to that point it was a blast watching you um and all i can say is thank you very much for taking the time to no, talk my to pleasure. us today it was a lot of fun i appreciate it well Enjoyed it. all i can uh, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah Thank you, and, and to our to our listeners, please leave us a, a, a thumbs up, thumbs down, or something on social media. It helps us keep us in the game, Mogi. Okay. And again, uh, a huge thank you to our special guest Paul Holmgren, and thank you to our audience and our sponsors: Riverside Bike and Skate, Chippewa Valley Orthopedics and Sports Medicine, Hertel Law, Kelly Heating and Electric, Computer Re- Recovery Associates, and Eau Claire Ford. And follow us on our social media platforms and as well as YouTube. And remember, folks, until next time, keep your head on a swivel and stay on your inside edges.